0: This podcast was produced on the lands of the Bunurong, Wurundjeri and Gadigal peoples of the Kulin and Eora nations. The Peers Project wishes to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Welcome to Peers, a podcast by BIPOC Founders for BIPOC Founders. I'm Michelle Echidnor, proud biracial Australian and Forbes 30 Under 30 Lister, and I'm your host and fellow peer. Join me for soul-enriching conversations with like-minded young BIPOC entrepreneurs from around the globe. Each week, I dive deep into the personal journey of my award-winning guests and unpack who they really are at their core, and how they got started in business. With every episode, my mission is to empower you, expand what you think is possible, and hopefully make you feel less alone as a person of colour in business. Thank you so much for being here, Piers. Hey, Piers, welcome back to the podcast. As some of you may know, I recently moved to New York City, and the other day, I had the absolute privilege of attending the Forbes Power Women's Summit here in NYC. I can't even begin to describe how extraordinary this event was. It was possibly the most inspiring event I have ever attended, and an experience that I will never forget. The lineup of speakers at this event was unparalleled. Think the world's top female entrepreneurs, founders, actresses, producers, athletes, executives. As I said, the lineup was absolutely insane. And my favorite moment of the day was when we got to hear from the legendary Katie Couric in conversation with none other than Kim Cattrall, a.k.a. Samantha from Sex and the City. Just give you a moment to digest that one. You know what's interesting? The event was called the Forbes Power Women Summit. It was all about reminding us, ambitious women, to embrace our power and really embrace the power of our own voice. And that's what today's episode is all about. So today I sit down and chat with fellow BIPOC founder and Forbes 30 under 30 lister based between the UK and the Netherlands, Shani Mears. Shani is the head of talent and co-founder of the Elephant Room, an inclusive ad agency prioritizing diversity, cultural awareness, and building inclusive brands. Mm, I just love it. And in today's episode, Shani talks about accepting yourself as you are, how to practice self awareness and stop self judgment, and the importance of recognizing the power of your own voice, reminding us that every voice has the power to shape the world. Before we dive in, peers, I would absolutely love if you could please hit follow and subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. I do not take it lightly that you choose to listen to this podcast and to peers. It means the world to me. And so please do leave a rating and a review. It really does help. So without further ado, take a listen to this week's episode.
1: Currently in London, Um, but I've also been living in Amsterdam for the past 10 months. Um, I'm Shani, and I'm also the co-founder of a creative advertising agency called The Elephant Room. And that just basically means that we are all about representation, creativity, accessibility, audiences, um, building inclusive brands for our audiences. I think it's really important for us as an agency and particularly myself, I didn't come from a advertising background or a marketing background or anything like that. I actually come from the arts. So within that, I knew nothing about the advertising industry when I entered. So a really big part of my role and what I do is about making sure that people from different backgrounds, people who come from like working class backgrounds, people who come from outside of London, understand the opportunities and accessibility that's available to them when it comes to the industry. So a lot of my work is rooted in building communities and um, building networks and um, helping people find like, employment or supporting brands on actual employment as well. So like recruiting and also retention. And that's a big part of my role. And then outside of that, I also do lots of different things, but I was also a lecturer at a university based, again, in London. And I've done quite a few different board roles for different charities or foundations, et cetera.
0: A jack of all trades, a woman of many, many titles. We love that. Oh, my goodness. It's so cool, Shani, and I can't wait to dive deeper into your work. But before we do, I want to start with a question that I just love so much because I think it really gets to the heart and the core of who we are as BIPOC entrepreneurs and as founders. And that one is, where did you grow up and how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? So I
1: grew up in Birmingham, so that's probably for anybody who doesn't know, one and a half to two hours outside of London, but it is a completely different city, completely different vibe to an extent, like completely different people in terms of the cultures are still there and like I'm a first generation. So my parents come from Jamaica and me and my brother were born in England. My other siblings were also born in Jamaica. So that was also an adjustment. But I suppose the wider answer to the question, I think, one, I grew up in a single parent home. My dad died when I was four. And that was a really big shift. So I remember him being here one day and then not being him here the next. But obviously he was ill throughout. So I did see that process of him being ill and my mum sort of making those adjustments. I always reflect on it now. I understand that it was a quote-unquote disadvantage or you'd call it like, you know, underprivileged demographic because we were working class. I was obviously in a single-parent home. I went to a state school. It was like literally a really bad school at the time. So all of those things, I suppose, contributed to me and the things that I was exposed to, I suppose, and the people I was around. I saw a lot of gun and knife crime growing up. A lot of association to like gangs and stuff like that. But to me at the time, again, upon reflection, it was all so normal. I thought that's just how life was for the average person, anyway, living in Birmingham, like at least black person, because I even say that not necessarily black because, oh, I'm black, but just because I was naturally around people who are my culture or people who were going to my school and they also looked like me. But saying that I did grow up amongst a plethora of different people. Like when it comes to my education, I went to a predominantly Indian, Somalian and black school in primary school. Then when I went to secondary school, that was, I would say, 60, 40 white to black. So I was among a lot of white people. My area was a lot of Caucasian people as well. And then when I went to college, I could probably count how many like Black Caribbean, African people, they were in my school, like it was just predominantly Asian. So I've always been around a diversification of different people and like religions and all that kind of stuff. But also growing up, I do remember my area being quite racist and us having to be quite careful. And yeah, I think all of those things, which is like a mashup of lots of different things, all contribute to how I think, I think, what I do. And what I believe in, in terms of the people I want to help and support, how I behave as well. I think I still have a little bit of it in me, but obviously there's an element of realness, I believe, to myself because of the understanding that, you know, not everything in the world I live in now, which I'm very fortunate, not everything is like that. And I know that because I've come from a place where I've seen that. And I'm still from the occasions I do go back home, you know, you still get that element of like, what do you even do? Like, what is even happening in your world? Like, and that's from, you know, people I haven't seen for years. And I'll go back and just know that they're still in that cycle, you know, and exposed to those things. So I'm very fortunate to come out of it. But I'm very aware of what it was and what it
0: is and what that had in terms of impact on me. Oh my goodness. Shani, I so appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that with us. I think it's so interesting to look back and think, where did I grow up? How has that impacted me? And I think subconsciously it does so much. And I think it's only now that we really start to understand and reflect and go, oh, wow, that's why I am the way I am. Or that's why I had this ambition to do X, Y, Z. You know, I want to chat a little bit about The greatest lesson that your mom, she sounds like a warrior, that woman, the greatest lesson that she taught you growing up. And I know that you're now having a little one, which is so exciting. Congratulations. What message would you want to pass on to your little one?
1: My mom is a warrior. (laughs) She's like, she's literally the funniest woman. And I really wish everyone could meet her. I'm going to switch it out and say the biggest thing I'm grateful for. Because my mum's taught me plenty of lessons. And although sometimes we agree to disagree, there's one thing I'm truly grateful for. And I'll never forget, I was at university. I finished my degree. I worked really hard on my final major project. I really enjoyed the process of creating, choreographing and doing all of that. And my final piece, my mum came to see it. At the end, they do the final grade, dissertation and the major project. And I didn't get the grade that I wanted. I felt like I had deserved. And I remember going home to my mum and I remember saying, like, mom, I'm so frustrated, like, I'm really upset, like, I'm going to appeal. Like, I got so much good reviews. Everyone came. And I remember her, like, just stopping me for a bit. And she just said, are you proud of your work? Are you, like, are you proud of the work that you've created? Did you do the absolute best that you could? And I was like, yeah, of course I did. And she was just like, then what's the problem? She was like, you'll be fine. Like, you will be fine. And I was actually like, at the time, again, don't get it. (laughs) Like, you saw how good it was, like, you know, and I was so caught up in that. It really taught me that that is all I have to be, is proud of myself and do the best that I absolutely can at anything that I'm going for and regardless of the opinion that comes at me or the judgment in this case the grade I'll always be okay because I know that I've walked away from me being really proud of that do you know what I mean and that is one thing that I've for sure I think will teach my child as long as you pour your all into it and you've done your absolute best and stay true to yourself then you should be proud of yourself, regardless of what the world might project onto you. And I think at the time, I said I wasn't hearing it, but going through life, being myself, staying true to myself and embracing the things about me and the things I like and my creativity, I think back to that time, and I really appreciate my mum saying that to me. Because had she had just entertained me, Or had she just dismissed it, I probably would have felt a lot different about judgment. But I think that really made me grateful for her being so open-minded to be like, listen, pause. We all need a pause sometimes. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons, I think.
0: Absolutely. For our peers out there listening, how can we get better at being more grateful for where we're at, for who we are, versus... Entertaining all of that self judgment?
1: First of all, I think the idea of better varies. And I think who I want to be, who I desire to be, versus who you want to be, who you desire to be, looks so different. And I think we have to remember that individuality, I think, in ourselves. And I think we also have to remember, like, we control that. We can't control anything else except for who we are, what we are, what we do, what we say, etc. how we react, all those things. And that's something I'm still learning. And I think that's how we then reflect. If the reflection is upon ourselves, it's okay. Like what did I do today that could have made my life that little bit easier in my control? Or what did I do today that wasn't very helpful to myself? Or how did I speak to myself today in my head? Like, was I positive? Was I negative? And I think reflection naturally produces self-awareness and having self-awareness I think is unmatched. I think a self-aware person, even though you may not be the most assured person in the world, it does give you that sense of clarity for yourself. And then also for you to hopefully be able to articulate and communicate that to others. And I think when you have that, you will naturally take that time. You will naturally do that reflection. And reflection does also mean
0: time. In order to reflect, you have to take time out to think. When was a time for you throughout your journey where you just felt totally out of control and just perhaps not yourself? And if so, how did you navigate through that?
1: I'm really happy I'm actually speaking about this because I keep saying to my friends, like, I'm so excited to meet the mum, Shanice. I'm starting to, like, you know, see and do things differently a little bit because I am pregnant. But one, I'm just going to put it out there. I love Rihanna. And obviously, Rihanna also pregnant. And she also just had a baby before that. And obviously, she's been quite free with just how she is and being pregnant and just so liberated and I've loved it. And I'm just, yeah, that's going to be me. Like, <laughs> my body was changing. I had no control of it. I am such a person who's quite on the ball, I'd say, with work. I was not on the ball, it's fair to say. Um, I had to take time off. I was in at the hospital. Like, it was just so, so many things were happening. And even now I'm still getting back to myself but it just made me think wow even though I'm me and I'm, I'm now growing this human I am completely out of control and I literally had nights that I was just like I can't do this I do not think I can do this like I can't do it and I'd phone my mom, I'd phone my sister I'd phone one of my best friends and I'd be like I'm not built for this like this is not they were like no of course you are they're like we are built for this and I was just like I don't think I am and and everyone was like no you are like honestly you're in your head and I think it's helped me realize but also just being really forgiving to yourself and that forgiveness is so 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 necessary because if you're somebody that is a constant busy person always thinking about productivity always thinking about what you want to do or how you want to do something next if you do three days of rest with literally nothing that might feel a bit alien to you because you're not somebody who normally operates like that and I think for me that's how I felt I've taken a lot of time out And I've had to be okay with that and talk to myself about it and forgive myself for that and say, it's okay, Like you deserve that. Because at the end of the day, like there's a change happening in your life and you need to be able to adapt to that change. And what type of person would you be if you couldn't adapt? Because the only thing in life that is guaranteed is change. And I think that made me really think and stuff. And like, of course, I'm growing, I'm changing. I'm evolving. I'm different now. You know, there's different things happening for me and different priorities on my mind. I've got more things to think about, more things to be cautious about. I should embrace that change and I should forgive myself for the things that I can no longer do because I'm no longer in that space anymore where I was previously, where I could be on the go all the time. I had all the amounts of energy Like I can forgive myself and be proud of that person that was there. And now it just, merge into this new change and new person that I'm becoming and I think that acceptance is really important and I really felt it like no joke like emotionally mentally physically I felt disorientated felt lonely I felt a little bit like this is such a happy time for me why am I being like this to myself a little bit guilty of being like this in general and I felt like I shouldn't talk about it, but then I should talk about it. I was really in like a turmoil of should I share, should I not share? And I was like, no, I'm going to share because I need that support and I need to be able to take that help. So all those things were so new for me and I really did feel out of control. And again, I'm still going through the process of coming to that new shan, that new mummy shan,
0: but it has been really hard. I'm just such in awe of you, Shani, honestly. Like, I think it's so tough when we go through these changes and you just explained it so beautifully, that self-acceptance piece, which I just don't think, you know, us high achievers, oh, my goodness, I shake my head, like... I just feel like it's so tough for us. It's tough for everyone, but it's so tough for us, you know? And I just commend you on that and just embracing who you are and where you're at and, you know, what you can and can't do. And it's funny, personally, I'm going through a different change. I'm not becoming a mum, but I am moving to a different country. I'm moving to the states in less than a month but you know i'm going through those similar feelings it feels of like oh my goodness you know one minute you're so excited next minute i just don't even know if i can handle this new version of who i will become or who i'll have to become to kind of manage this change and it's been such an interesting time and i think i've also felt a level of guilt around like, why am I feeling this way? Why don't I just feel so excited that I'm going to go live in New York and live a dream that I've always had and blah, blah, blah. And part of me does feel that way. But the other part of me feels so petrified and scared. And, you know, will my company fail because I'm not going to be on the ground here and all these things, you know, will I even be the same person? Will it be everything that I wanted? And so I just resonate with that so much. For our peers out there listening who are perhaps going through a change, whether that be diving into a new business idea or moving countries or having a baby or changing jobs so that they can focus more on their side hustle, what advice would you give to us about self-acceptance and becoming okay with change?
1: My brother said to me one time, it's okay to feel all the motions. And I really took that and I've gone with it ever since. And I think for all those different scenarios that you've said, it is that it's really okay to go through all the motions and your journey will not look the same as everybody else's. And I think that's also okay. And I think that's something that we have to hold on to and remember. I think everything that I'm saying is easier said than done. Like stay motivated, but how do you stay motivated when you're feeling really rubbish that day? And that's okay. Just think about what's the one thing that you can get done. And just stick to that and does it mean that you've lost discipline or does it doesn't mean that you've lost motivation it means that you've committed yourself to doing one thing that will put you a step further but you haven't committed all of yourself so you haven't taken all the 24 hours out of that day or the eight hours out of that day you've taken an hour and you've taken a half an hour and that's all you've needed to do and that's okay and i think sometimes we associate productivity to time and I don't believe that. I think that p- different people operate at different times. I think different people operate in different phases. And that's also okay too. So if you are that person trying to start a business and you've got a job and you're also working like non it's okay to be like, okay, where are my priorities? And if you need to take a break for a week just to get your mind back to where it needs to be, that's okay. you know, slowing yourself down. You're taking a break in order to be better. And I think just having that positive mindset is really, really important. There's so many things I've thought about for my business in terms of like maternity. And oh my gosh, how am I going to be off oh, for so long? What am I going to do? What am I team going to do? Like So many questions that I'm thinking like, what's this going to look like for me? And I've literally said to myself, you know what? I probably won't be going to the office and seeing my team every day, but I'm not going to lose myself in the process. I might meet new mums who are business owners. And there's so many different things I could be doing that still contribute to the value of who I am. So never look at anything as not valuable or not worth doing because sometimes productivity can also be subjective, I think. And you have to decide what you think is productive what you think is right and be okay with that decision and I think even yourself with the move like you deserve this change you deserve this new chapter this new adventure like just think of all these things in the most positive way you can possible and your outlook I believe will be different and I've tried to do that with everything, like I'm moving house, I'm having a baby, all those things. I've tried to be like, this is great for me. (laughs) Like, I'm scared, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, but this is great for me. Like, I'm going to be a completely different person. I'm growing, I'm evolving and life looks different for a lot of people, but on a spiritual level, I do nothing without faith. So... I think that's also really, really important for me. But again, if that's not that person's journey, believe in yourself at least. (laughs) Like, you have to make sure that you really, really believe it. Like, there is no quiver of doubt that you won't be okay. Like, you will absolutely be okay.
0: So well said. Oh my goodness, Shani. This has just been. Honestly, everything. Again, I so appreciate your vulnerability, you sharing from the heart. You mentioned earlier that you are just real and you 100% are. And I love that. And I feel really grateful to have had this time with you. And I am mindful of your time. So as we come to the close of today's episode, I have a few final questions for you. And the first one is what has been your greatest failure? and win to date?
1: It's interesting. I feel like I've had so many of those along the way when it comes to failure. I think I've learned so much over the course of time since building the business. And I started the business at such a young age with my co-founder, and he's been really the one to teach me everything I know. I think my greatest failure, if I'm honest. probably comes before that because the business is more about setbacks, challenges, finding new routes or ways to tackle a problem and all of that kind of stuff. I think greatest failure is probably going back to my early years of leaving university. And I think one of the biggest things that I think I failed myself at is being financially literate, and I think I made the mistake of thinking that that was normal. Um, and then when I wanted to move, I remember when I got my first internship, I was like dirt broke literally and my mom had to help me, my sister had to help me. and I literally just was like, I didn't need to be here. like remembering I've had jobs, I've been working since I was fifteen. And if I had just been that more literate, I'd have been that more prepared. And I was really, really upset with myself. I just remember being so sad and upset with myself for not understanding or knowing or being mindful about my own situation, knowing how much I had planned forward. So considering I want to do all these things, considering I wanted to get this job, considering I wanted to move, I should have been thinking about Okay, what the savings look like? What the setting this aside look like? And then but you'd have thought when I'd moved, I would have learnt the lesson. But 20 years of programming takes a long time to unlearn and reverse. So it also took me another two to three years to learn to come out of those really, really bad habits. And I would say only now, <laughs> as I'm approaching 30, that I feel really confident in talking about it and admitting it and saying that, you know, I'm still learning, but I'm much better. And I just think that, like, that's one thing I think that we just don't talk about enough, to be honest, in terms of, like, the failed ways of how we might have failed ourselves, particularly from a financial standpoint. And I've had so much support and help over the years of helping me get to that headspace and that discipline. And I know that The level of help that I get and support that is probably again not something that a lot of people do. So that as well, like I'm just so grateful for because I would not be where I am, hands down at all. Biggest win probably like starting the business and it's still being successful. (laughs) Like it's still being here today. And also as well, like you do look into the world. And when I say the world, like mostly the internet. And you see all the different things people are doing and you think that that's life, like that's your problem. But actually, people are going through so many different things. But I am actually really, really proud of like my Forbes win. I'm really, really proud of all the things that I get asked to do. Like I sit on the board of Global Advisors for Clerks. That's a really big achievement for me. And stuff like that is just knowing that my voice is so powerful in those spaces. And I'm just really, really proud of that. And it's all because of me staying true to myself. Like I turn up as I am. And I think that's probably my biggest win for sure. Like the business and then being asked to, you know, have those kind of responsibilities and being exposed and then being, I suppose, not even necessarily worthy, but feeling like, oh, wow, like this person is actually on par with, those people over there and even though she doesn't look like them, sound like them,
0: she's still worthy. Again, so well said. And it's funny because the Forbes under 30 list is how we found you. So, so good. Look, Shani, this has just been so, so amazing. Before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for showing up, you know, for showing us ambitious BIPOC founders, aspiring founders that, you know, if we have this vision, this goal and this dream, it is possible, even though we may not look like the others. And even though it is tough and it's hard and we may fail ourselves, we can get there if we remain positive and if we just stick to it. So for that, we really appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me and for allowing me to share
0: Of course. So the final question is how we finish every episode of Peers. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about?
1: I remember I was watching some videos and I stumbled across a video from Jim Carrey. And I don't know if this is his quote or if he's quoting somebody else, but he said, we could quite easily fail doing something that we hate. So why not fail it? doing something that we love. And I think that's one of my favorite quotes today. And when you really think about it, it's absolutely true. If your fear is failure or not becoming successful enough or not being able to achieve or attain, or it's too hard, those things can also happen when you're doing things that you don't really enjoy or It's not even your dream or aspiration. But imagine loving what you do and you might fail, but you might not. And either way that goes, you love what you do, so it feels okay. And you can forgive yourself, I think, that little bit easier if it does fail. So to answer that, the value is peace, I think the value is knowing that you tried at something that you were passionate about and it was your decision and going back to the thing I said earlier about control you had control of that and I think there is nothing more satisfying than knowing that I think
0: oh (gasps) saddie Oh my goodness. It has been amazing to have you on, to listen to your story. Thank you so much again. For our peers out there listening who want to get to know you just that little bit better, where can we learn more about you and The Elephant Room?
1: Well, The Elephant Room is literally, you can just go onto our website, theelephantroom.net. However, you can also follow me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. So If you follow me, um, Shanice Mears, that's my LinkedIn. And you can like get all the updates and like see all my commentary and see what I'm up to and all of that on there.
0: All the fun stuff. Oh, we love it. Amazing, Shadi. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Peers. If you're liking what we're doing here and resonate with our mission of amplifying BIPOC founder stories, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Also, head over to our Instagram and follow us. We're at The Peers Project. And you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn and Insta. I'm at Mish Echidnaw. I adore you oh so very much, Peers. Until next time.